Welcome to the Tragedy Academy, a show created to bridge societal divides in a judgment-free zone using candor and humor. My name is Jay, and I'm joined here with Gary and Kelly Bombs. Gary, how are you doing today? Good. Good, good, good. Happy holidays, everybody. Yeah, it is the day after Christmas, and uh, our guest today is Kelly Bombs, former teacher, library media director, turned ADHD coach, and content creator. How are you doing today? Doing well. Happy holidays. Happy to be here. Happy holidays, indeed. Um, so how do you celebrate your holidays? Um, I have a giant family, so I celebrate it with a lot of overwhelm and naps. <laughs> naps are important. Yeah. People don't realize that. Yeah, I told my fiance yesterday, like, so my fiance is Lithuanian and going to his parties, like I'm one of two people that speaks English. And nice. his parties are so much easier than my family parties because mine are just giant and loud. And his, I'm like... Overstimulating the whole yeah, nine. Really? I, yeah. I'm completely with you. Yeah. Those environments tend to get extremely difficult for me. I have to like seclude myself or go for one of those famous walks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> so oh, first things first, uh, Kelly, I want to thank you for being the type of content creator that you are. Um, and putting yourself out there, there's strength and vulnerability. And when people like yourself uh, go out there and explain what it's like to live with something like this, ADHD, I have it. Um, I believe Gary has it um, pretty chronically. I, I just, I don't know if his has an ICD-10 code yet. Um, <laughs> otherwise, mine is official. I've got, you know, stamps and certificates that say that I've got ADHD. Um that said, I want to thank you, though, because I feel like um, in the recent years, we're really getting an opportunity to see that the human mind has many different ways that it operates and it's different within each person and it has its own gifts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's I kind of think of it as um, just like its own category of brain. And some people think of it as I mean, it is a disability, but a little bit more of a positive way to spin it to me is it's just a category. We just think a little differently. You know, disability, I hate that word because I feel like it's structured around a societal norm that's created by a group of people. Mm -hmm. That's not a measurement of who I am as a human being. And to be deficient against other people says that I'm not perfect the way I am and I don't accept that. Mm -hmm. Not anymore. I used to. Mm -hmm. um, but disability is a hard one for me to grab, but it is a word that we have to use to identify that someone does not fit into that norm mm -hmm. of learning or work-related issues or familial bonds and all the things that go with ADHD. So um, not trying to bang on your head the door. Yeah, no. I was just saying disability is such an awful word to me. Yeah, it has such like a connotation to it, but then it grants access to things you need, but like when I got diagnosed with ADHD, I still kind of even have a hard time now, but I've always had a hard time with saying like, yeah, this is a disability because it doesn't really feel like one mm -hmm. in some ways. It, it just feels like one side of me fits in that little game with the square pegs and the round holes and, you know, you sit there and put them in. Mm -hmm. I feel like one half of me fits in society and the other side is star-shaped. I'm like circle and half star. Like you can kind of yeah. ram it in there, but that star side is like, nah, man, this isn't <laughs> happening. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that. Yeah. You know, so why don't you tell us a little bit how you became an ADHD coach, what your background is, and we'll kind of go from there. Okay. Yeah. So I, well, I was a teacher for, like you said, the last 10 years. And I 
always felt like growing up and stuff, I never fit in. I was kind of strange. And um, it was on a walk with my fiance and he was reading the book Spark. I can't remember who wrote that book. It's a, it's a pretty well-known book. So he was reading it at the time and we're on a walk and he's like, you know, I'm reading this book and there's a whole chapter devoted to ADHD and how um, like exercise can benefit people with ADHD. And the more I read it, the more I think of you. And I was like, huh. <laughs> and I'm just like silent for a while because I have a background in special education. I have my learning behavior specialist type one. Like I have, you know, I have a license to teach children with ADHD and other special needs. And like, could I see it in myself? Absolutely not. So um, he identified that in me and I went through the whole diagnosis process, hyperfixated on it, like learned all of the symptoms. The beauty of ADHD is you can learn about ADHD like a son of a bitch. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to drill down? You would, That's what I like. When people tell me I don't understand my diagnosis, I'm like, you clearly don't understand mine because I can tell you anything and everything that there is about this because... I hyperfixate. Right. <laughs> I know a lot. Will I remember it all? I don't know. But. No. At random times, it will come up. Right. Or at least I will know if what you're saying to me even is in the right realm. Right. Right. I'll be like, that's partial bullshit, but I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Like your bullshit meter goes off. Mm -hmm. um, so you, you embarked upon uh, a master's program, I believe. That's where you uh, came into kind of the content creation thing? Yeah, yeah. That was um, around the same time. And that, I'm trying to think, where was that in the timeline? Yeah, and it was like my final master's project was create some sort of thing to like say goodbye or celebrate your completion of the program. And my roommate at the time, it was like, we're deep in like 2020. And she is like all up on TikTok. And I was like, okay, well, I'll just make a TikTok. That'll be fun. And like little... Kelly came out because when I was younger, I wanted to be like a movie director or like a TV show director. And so then I was like, this is, and I have a background in theater. So I was like, this is my theater kid plus my like movie director childhood coming out. And I was like, this is a really fun way to, you know, let things out. And so then when I got diagnosed with ADHD, I started sharing about it on social media. And I was like, oh, there is a place for this. Like people want to hear this. Bro. There is so much need for this type of content. Mm -hmm. And it's not just for the minds that are being trapped within this particular subset. It's for the people around us to get an understanding of the fact that how we operate is not necessarily with intention. Mm -hmm. There is no nefarious intent in not showing up to something or being late or forgetting to complete something. It is very hard as somebody with ADHD to look into those eyes of other mm -hmm. people when you know that you have no control over certain situations. Mm -hmm. It also makes you a little more empathetic for long periods of time for other people that are infracting on the societal norms because we don't want to hold them to a standard that we know we can't keep up mm -hmm. with. We tend to be really understanding. Right. We're really forgiving. And we also flip out like sons of bitches. It's <laughs> <laughs> so accurate. Yeah. Yeah. I do. When I talk to my clients, it's like there are so many times when like they're they're so worried about what other people think of them. And the question I always ask them, I'm like, well, if you were in their position, like, how would you react? And so it's and they're always like, well, 
I would react with kindness and compassion and curiosity instead of judgment. And I'm like, so do you think that their reaction is more about who they are or more about who you are? And it's, I don't know, it's, we operate from this higher level of empathy, I think. We do. Um, And I've looked quite a bit into how ADHD can kind of come to fruition. Mm-hmm. You know, they, people will say genetics and things like that or, you know, certain imbalances within the brain. But I also believe that ADHD can come from a upbringing in those first seven years of life. If you are in an environment, whether it's something that you're being defensive or attention seeking, whatever it is, you could be abused. You could be feel the need to be heard, whatever it might be but you will continue to cycle through those things. You will, in those first seven years, you will start to, say if you're being abused, you will look at everything with a lens of abuse. Mm -hmm. You will fixate on it and you will clear it. You will make sure it's okay, right? But that gives you a superpower. It gives you a superpower that you know anything and everything about everybody. Mm -hmm what they're thinking, what their intents are. You might not know the exact words, but I know where you are because I know I have to defend myself. And I think that ADHD is something that spawns from that. It's having to hyperanalyze your environment for whatever reason repeatedly. Eventually, it starts to create those fractures where we're taking in not big pictures. We're taking in every single detail. That's, isn't that kind of like the Gabor Mate line of thinking? Gabor Mate? Did I say Please his name right? Please explain. I like this. So Gabor Mate is, he wrote a book about it. I can't remember what it's called, but and he had an interview on um, the Joe Rogan podcast. And he kind of argues that it is, it's about um, like how you were raised and like all these traumas that you went through that kind of created this type of brain. And that is like a pretty hotly debated topic in the ADHD world. I brought it up one time to, because I went to ADCA, ADD Coach Academy to get my training done. And I brought it up to one of my professors And they were like, we all strongly disagree with him, which was pretty interesting to hear that. I'd love to piggyback on this because there's a different definition in a way that I had to start looking at it. Uh And that was from the position of authenticity. Mm -hmm. I feel like in a lot of situations, the ADHD child, at least for me, I was not allowed to be who I naturally am inclined to be, my artistic self, Mm -hmm. my musical self, my outgoing self. All those things were stifled. And I feel like when you do that, 
you're putting a lid on a pressure cooker, but it has several different openings and they're all being created from the inside out. So it's just popping out in different ways. But in reality, if you removed the lid and that person was allowed to be that person, there wouldn't be the fractures that exist in other people. You would be able to just be yourself. Mm-hmm. That was and like I a feel big... like that's ADHD as well. Yeah, in some ways. I think there was like a big, um, like, un, whatever, like undoing of all of those pressures that I went through after my diagnosis, where mm-hmm. I was like, I felt like I was finally accepting like the colorful, weird self that I was. Hard, isn't it? In yeah. the beginning? Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was really, it was uncomfortable, but it was freeing. And I felt like I was getting in touch with like my child self a lot more. Dude, isn't the child self so cool? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like I <laughs> run around my house and sing, dance, do cartoon voices. I'm, that is yeah. me. But that wasn't me for so many years. Mm-hmm. I wore a suit jacket. I wore an army uniform. I wore all these different things. None of them were me. Mm-hmm. Did prove one thing about the ADHD mind. It's phenomenal. We can do anything, any mm-hmm. job, any creation, whatever it is you stick it in front of us, but we're not doing it twice. Right. Only if we're interested too. Like we won't yeah. do it. <laughs> interested. And it's only happening once and it will lay in a pile when it's done. Yeah. Yeah. I think like the best setup for us is like we have the idea and we have like other people helping us carry it out. Yes. Like, and I think even too, that reflects in my relationship. I don't know if you guys have heard of, have you heard of human design? Yes. Okay. Are you talking about intelligent design or? No, no. It's like a, it's a little bit, it's a little on the woo woo side. Um, No, I'm good with that. Okay, cool. Yeah. It's like, um, like astrology, almost like Myers-Briggs-ish, but like there's different categories of people. And like, I am a manifester, but that just means like, I am the person who comes up with the ideas and my partner is a generator. And so he is mm-hmm. really good with like following things out. He doesn't want to lead, but I want to lead. And so in our house, That's me kind and my of, wife. yeah, it's like kind of how it works. Like I'm all the crazy ideas. I get the ball rolling. And like, when I can't do it anymore, like he carries it out. And that's, I think, really good for us in like business and life too. Yeah, I need that. A hundred percent. Gary could speak to the ADHD mind in the creator world probably better than anybody with 20 years in reality TV. <laughs> um, so I, I'd love to hear your thought process behind that and how you kind of manage the ADHD mind of yourself and those around you. Because I feel like being a leader is placing people with those minds in a position for success. Yeah, I think uh, in my business, a lot of people you know, with ADHD or similar type things have gravitated towards you know, the entertainment industry. And uh, it's it's weird because I haven't really studied it much. I was diagnosed with ADHD loosely as a kid and they just wanted to put me on Ritalin immediately. And my mom was like, I'm not just going to drug the kid and put him in the corner. So I just, from then on, just we never, I never went and got a treatment or never really, I just knew the I had Italian it. way. Yeah, it was just, <laughs> and I went to Catholic school and it was just like super regimented and, you know, it was just, you know, pretty typical. I'm in my forties. It was, I think it was a lot different growing up in the eighties than it is now um, with talking about this type of thing or whatever, you know, mm. back then it was just like, you, you know, the teachers like you give your kid too much sugar was like something you'd probably hear like why they're hyper or, you know, not paying attention. But my brother, it's, it, it's an interesting debate like you guys were just talking about of, 
you know, upbringing or genetics. My brother's a polar opposite. My brother's got two pairs of shoes. As you can see, I have more. He's an accountant. Uh, he used to sit there and play Legos and build the most miraculous thing for 17 straight hours. And I would be running around and kicking it over and drawing on the walls and, you know, going crazy. So we have the same genetics and we're raised two years apart the same, but we're polar opposites. He's the opposite of whatever ADHD is. So kind of it's an interesting, you know, dynamic. And I also feel like a lot of people say they have ADHD now. Like, <sighs> oh, I have ADD, I have ADHD, like just because they're late all the time. Or, they do you that know? with OCD too. Yeah. Pretty insulting at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think, uh, but to answer your, you know, original question, I, it, I, I'm the manifester. And when I have the generators, like that's when I operate the best. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And in our business, there's, it's, you need all, you know, all sorts. We need people that deal with the finances and the planning, the scheduling, and, uh, and then you need the creative people. So like mm-hmm. an AD, assistant director, um, on most sets, handles scheduling and crew and call times. And like, so like the director Ew. is the visionary and the AD is always the dick. <laughs> that sounds awful. I never yeah. want to be the AD. Yeah, he's the asshole on set normally or she, and uh, they have to be, because they have to keep a, a hundred of me or you or us on schedule. We're like, what if we just get this one more shot? It's going to be awesome. You know, like, no, you said that seven shots ago. We're going to not make our day and we're going to be over budget. We're all going to lose our jobs. Like, but just, just hear me out. Like, you know. (laughs) This idea. Yeah. It's going to look really cool. We just have to start all over, move everything. (laughs) But it's going to be awesome. My studio's been done this so many times. Yeah. I've torn my studio apart and redone the camera angles so many times. Because I know I can do it better after looking at it for a period of time. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like half done. They're like, crap, we have a show to do. And then like scramble at the last minute to get it done. Absolutely. Every time. Yeah. Um, to, uh, to kind of go back to the last part of that question, placing people in positions for success. Um, it takes a lot to understand the human experience just a little bit. Um, I feel like one of the greatest tools for the ADHD mind or for human experience altogether is meditation. Mm -hmm. For me, once I began meditating, that allowed me not to stop my mind. Everybody thinks that your mind is supposed to stop. No, your mind is there to defend you. So it's always coming up with ways to defend you. It's going to come up with scenarios, it's going to come up with anxiety, it's going to come up with depression, all these, you know, things from the future and past. But what meditation does is it enlightens the ADHD brain. It allows you to watch yourself. Mm-hmm. And once you watch yourself, it becomes a different experience. You utilize the tools not out of self-defense, you utilize the tools as a way to take advantage of your ADHD. I like that you use timers and things in your face. I looked through your TikTok. I got one of these not long ago. Cute. Right? Yeah. This big ass hourglass in front of me tells me I still need to be on that task. Mm -hmm. That task is not done. Although I've looked around and I've stopped, that big bubble sitting in front of me goes, oh, wait a minute, get out of your email. Oh, wait a minute, don't walk over here. Oh, wait a minute, don't go touch laundry because you're screwed then. You might as well be in another damn dimension. 
right? It's all over at that point. You'll wake up in the garage organizing your tools. <laughs> it's not a good scenario. So you have to have those things that stand out. Can you explain what the theory is behind having a timepiece or something in your face when you have ADHD? Yeah. So most of us don't like feel the passage of time. Um, so we don't, it's, it's a, you know, it goes both ways. So we can either feel like this most boring task that we've had to do like this week is taking hours when it's really taking moments. Um, but then also when we're hyper fixated on something, we can get lost for hours or days or weeks mm. at a time. So you want to make time visible. And that's the same thing like with the, the visual timer or alarms. Like I, I don't trust myself to recognize the passage of one minute. Like if I, if I'm like checking my email and I'm like, okay, I have a client call in two minutes, I will set my timer for 60 seconds because I will mm -hmm. be four minutes late to that appointment if I don't. 100%. Mm -hmm. 100%, 100%, 100%. I, I, all the time I live in fear of missing that time or that number. Yeah. I try to explain to my wife a lot um, about the phenomenon of a midday activity. Mm -hmm. Midday activities are the worst possible thing you could ever do to an ADHD person. Yeah, yeah. Stick that bitch at noon and let them sit there for four or five hours in the morning. All you can think about is that damn noon. You can do only one thing, one thing in preparation for a midday appointment. And that's preparation for a midday appointment. You will spend all four hours still wrapped in that appointment only because you don't want to forget that appointment. It's I so actually, ridiculous. I do not fall in that camp. I think there's two camps because my me and my roommate, she's undiagnosed ADHD, we think, but like my old roommate. And she was like that, where there's appointment yes. midday, she could not do anything. I live for the midday appointment because an unstructured day is like my nightmare. So like I will wait and I'll just like futz around for like three hours. And then the last hour before I have to leave for that appointment, I am the most productive human you've ever met in your life. Mm, I will do 40 things. That's a different things. phenomenon. Yes. It's kind of like getting a task or an assignment. Right. Well, I don't care about your assignment until right before it's due. Right. It creates urgency. Like it adds some structure. For me, it adds structure to my day that like I desperately need. for us? Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Like, so people with ADHD are motivated. There's an acronym for it, um, INCUP, I-N-C-U-P. So we're motivated by what we're interested in, what feels novel, challenging, urgent, or we're passionate about. So I'm interested in the tasks I really don't want to do. 
only when they're like urgent or challenging or et cetera. Bingo. Yeah. That's 100%. Man alive. That sounds like editing in a, in a nutshell. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to edit crap until the second before it has to go out. Right. And I'll even edit it and not put it out because putting it out is a pain. Yeah. yeah. That's like the plan though. I did that for my Christmas present wrapping. I was like, all right, well, we're just not going to worry about it until December 24th. Perfect. That's what I did. <laughs> my wife went to get her hair done and I wrapped her presents on December 24th. Yeah, so you get the Fine, bag with done. a little tissue paper. There you go. Yeah. What the hell do I care? It's done by the date. Mm-hmm. And Christmas is a joke anyway. It's us apologizing for 11 months and 29 days of not being a good friend. Yeah, Christmas is like a neurodivergent person's nightmare. Like the chaos, the amount of people, the buildup, the like... The pressure yeah. of the decision and the way you have to be, the way you have to act, all that. The foresight. Masking. Yeah. Masking. Mm-hmm. The like, simple act of masking is one of the most draining things that you can go through. Yeah. I had more anxiety. Is. It is, it is. I had more anxiety the last two days than I've had in like six months. And What do you I was, do for your anxiety? Um, I, well, usually I'm napping because interesting. Yeah. That's like my first reaction is to take a nap because I think I do, I have like the shallow breathing thing when I get anxious, but then I can't Mm. focus long enough to remember to like take deeper breaths, but taking a nap helps me to like calm down a little bit. Also just like being in a quiet room. So I'll like escape to the bathroom and scroll my phone, take some deep breaths for a couple of minutes. But in the moment, it's I'm, I just kind of, I'm like, okay, we're going to get through this. We know it'll end. Yeah, the ADHD meltdown is the time that I go into the nap. The yeah. nap is a reset button. It's a natural reset, uh, obviously, because we're time blind. Mm-hmm. Um, you just give us a little while not to look at it, and we're back to happy again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of funny. It's like a human goldfish. I can't do that, yeah. though. Um, <laughs> circle around the tank, and we're back. It's true. And that makes I will, it worse like, if I'm... Really? Yeah, because it's like, I'm just sitting there worried about, like, if I fall asleep for too long or like what I'm not doing while I'm going to be sleeping, which is going to add like way more shit that I got to do when I wake up. And then I start thinking mm-hmm. about, you know, I already have five things to do. And now I'm going to have six things to do in the time of five because I'm just going to fall asleep here. And then mm-hmm. like not my mind, like I, I don't sleep at all anyways, but in the middle of the day, I like freak out. So I sleep amazing on planes. Like places where mm-hmm. no one could bother me. Like I have an excuse. So I'll, I'll be yeah. out in two seconds on any airplane, any movie theater, you know, because people know I'm going to the movies. They don't have to like call me or they can't or I don't have to do anything. So like I'm out for every single movie. But then, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe if I go to the movies. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm in like a higher functioning place, like sometimes I'll meditate to like mm-hmm. deal with the anxiety because then it lets me feel the feelings that are coming up. Because I think. Also, another thing that's hard for people with ADHD or like or autism is um, the alexithymia piece of it, like where you can't always recognize your feelings. And so sometimes Mm. it takes actually sitting and like in a quiet space and letting those feelings come up to be like, oh, oh, that's what's bothering me. I I like that you brought that up because that's mindfulness Mm -hmm. um, at its core. Yeah. And that's the other piece that you gain from it, that insight from meditation is that you're able to see, you're able to do almost a root cause analysis to feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll find that one feeling or that reaction to a situation. And when you sit down, you're able to kind of follow the cord and get to the knot and then undo the knot and then plug it back in. 
And then you have a completely different understanding for how that reaction even came to fruition. Mm -hmm. And it takes that time on your ass, you know, and watching thoughts go by. For me, I tell Gary all the time, it's a snow globe, right? I'm in a snow globe. Thoughts are outside of it. They're all shared. They're always moving. And whatever one I decide is mine for that moment, I'm going to reach out and grab. It could be a red one, a blue one, a green one, a yellow one, whichever color I grab and I pull inside my globe, my globe becomes that color. It becomes that color for the duration that I hold that, which is really weird because it wants to leave. Mm -hmm. We're actually holding on to it longer than it wants to be held. But the moment we let it go, the bubble clears back up. Mm -hmm. We'll grab so many and pull them in there until we look like a bag of Skittles inside of a, you know, a, bum, a bubble gum machine or something. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's, you know, we try to live with them. Like who, who wants to live with a roommate that doesn't want to live with them? Mm-hmm. But we'll hold on to it. And that's a hyperfixation. It's a perfect description of what you're doing in medication, meditation. And that's that was for Gary. I love it. <laughs> one of the, he loves my descriptions. It's a good one. One of the things I remember reading in my coaching, like training book, was that people who can identify their emotions are have like a must, much lower level of depression and anxiety. Interesting. Yeah. Makes sense. And I, I think, think that makes sense. Right. Um, I mean, we're forced to live in alternate realities while living a non time burdened experience. Mm -hmm. I don't think we're blind to time. I think time is made up in somebody else's mind. (laughs) Yeah, that's... I love that. That's the thing. What the fuck is time? Have you been to tomorrow? Have you been to yesterday? (laughs) Neither. It's always now. When are you going to be there? Now. When did I get there? Now. It's always now. What the fuck am I blind to? You guys are fucking seeing shit that doesn't exist. Depends on society. I mean, if you too. think about it, like, like go ahead. Japan is ultimate, like, super regimented, crazy, more than even America. But if you go to like Spain, oh, yeah, good old combine, or you're on island time, as they say, like, it's more laid back, and you could be thirty minutes late for something, and no one cares, or like, you know, I think, but if you have ADHD, like in Japan, where everything's down to the second, or you're like shunned from your family, you know, I'm oh, Harry Carey. Yeah, it's like kill yourself, man. It's like. Isn't that what they call it? I think isn't that the um, announcer for the Cubs? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Holy cow! Like, what does he do when he goes to Japan? Wait, what, what, <laughs> was it? Was it that guy? What was the guy's name? Yeah, I don't know. Um, That's pretty. I funny, believe though. he was the announcer for like. 50 years or something. Probably was. It might be a name, but I'm pretty sure that that's a term. Oh, okay. Um, for like suicide or something like oh, that. Yeah, uh, I was not making that a suicide. Said, that was pretty <laughs> morbid. <Yeah. laughs> You're calling <laughs> announcer Mr. Suicide. No, that's not. No <laughs> I'm changing it though. I'm, I'm putting you on the spot now. What do you think about this uh, announcer? Harry Carey? No, I'm kidding. Oh, <laughs> I was like, I think at this, I'm so lost. All I know of is him being like, holy cow, at the baseball games. That was what he was known yeah, for. I have no idea who that is. That's, a, <laughs> that's just... like the little bit of Chicago in, in me that I know who that guy is. Yeah, I lived in Chicago for a couple of years. Loved it. Um, ninth and State. We watched the Cubs were outside the apartment when they won. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, at Grant Park, that kind of thing. I like it up there. It's super clean, super nice. Yeah. People are really cool. It's all Midwestern. Yeah. 
People are nice. It's fine. We don't live in, we're suburban people. It's too noisy in the city. Yeah, it wasn't so bad where we were. Ninth and State isn't bad. Mm-hmm. Like, I've lived in Tokyo, though, so uh, yeah. you can you can have that. It's it's a lot different, though. You will fall asleep in your car in traffic. There's been numerous times where somebody is on my window, and that's rough. <laughs> the worst thing you do to somebody with ADHD is surprise them and surprise them with something they're doing wrong. What do you do? You immediately just put it in drive and leave the person standing there. Oh, yeah. Perfect. I'm out. <laughs> I'm not even. Just like, yeah, I'm gone. <laughs> That's, but that is how overstimulating it can be. To give you an idea, they have these things called pachinko parlors. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, it's a casino, but not a casino. So they have these games in there and they fill them with these like pinballs, like steel balls. Mm-hmm. And they sit there and smoke cigarettes and play this game. And all the balls are falling all at once in all the machines everywhere throughout the entire place. And it's all neon lights. So it is when I, I tell you, I walked in there thinking I was going to a club. Like I was, you know, hanging out. I was like, oh, check this out. See all the lights? I opened it and I might as well have stuck my head in like an explosion. Oh I was God. like, oh, dear God, I wanted to slam the doors and run away because all it was was just overstimulation from above. <laughs> that sounds terrible. That's my nightmare. Yeah, it sounds brutal. It, it really is. <laughs> it, it, it sucks really bad. So let's, um, let's talk about tools in the toolbox, ADHD. Yeah. So I'm going to kick it off with one. Okay. Because I think it ties into what we were talking about um, earlier. And that is exercise. Mm-hmm. You brought it up when you were talking to your fiance, Mm -hmm. I think for me, I'm like an Aussie, right? The dog. If I don't have a job, I'm going to lose my shit. Mm -hmm. If I don't have exercise to get this pent up energy out of me, I'm not going to operate correctly. Took me a long time to figure that out. No gym, bad J. Mm -hmm. Like hundred percent. Every single time. So that's one of my tools in my toolbox. And I'm sure you've got so many that you've researched over time. Yeah, yeah. Well, with working out, because it is like, it's like magic for our brains. Um, I think that's a Dr. Amen quote. Daniel Amen said that. Um, I always recommend people, because some people have like no interest in working out. So sign up for a class that if you cancel, you have to pay. So then you have some incentive Mm. and it's like a certain time of the day. So you've like committed to going. And helps you follow through. And then the people being there, if it's a group fitness class, can be way more motivating than just like putzing around on your own for two and a half hours on like the weights floor. Thing to be up against. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder, so something just popped into my mind. 
and I don't know if this is an ADHD thing or not, but when I have to do a mundane task, say folding laundry, mm-hmm. fuck laundry. Yeah. Right. Worst thing you could possibly give me, I'll live out of a fucking hamper for the rest of my life as long as I iron it before I leave. I don't want to sit there and fold my stinking clothes, mm-hmm. but I have to. Right. So when I do a task like that, I find myself racing an imaginary self mm-hmm. in my mind. I don't care what it is. Jay's folding super fast now. He's coming around the way. He's the best folder there is. Look at this. He managed to flip this over in one turn. Nobody can keep up with him. He's on his next one. You know, in my mind, I'm obviously not talking to myself like this. I'm not announcing my, yeah. you know, like Harry Carey. But <laughs> I do have some kind of internal dialogue. I did it when I was in the army. You give me something stupid like a long ass run or like a ruck march, you know, that, that sucks yeah. for the ADHD mind. Dude, I would sing songs in my head. I would sit there and race telephone poles. Can he make it to the next telephone pole? All right. And it's just whatever it is in my mind, I'm creating. Is that kind of something that you've seen in ADHD? Is it a false, like, you know, goal that you have to meet or something like that? Yeah, I feel like that's kind of like you're gamifying it. And that's like something I I used to be a swimmer. And so I used to like, see how many like words I could spell like with every stroke of my arms or like if I'm walking or running by myself I'll like count my steps but you're just kind of like keeping your mind busy but it's the same thing as like if you turn on a podcast in the background while you're like doing some work you're just keeping your brain a little bit busier Mm. while you're working to help keep you a little bit more motivated (laughs) well I mean and that's that probably was a sentence that threw non-neurodivergent people off, Mm -hmm. right? Needing two things to concentrate on one thing. Right. That's not the same as everybody else. You know, one of these kids is not like the other. That one is the one that needs to be paid attention to. Mm -hmm. It's taking in more stimulation and coming out with a better product. Right. Well, and you want to make sure you're still like monotasking as much as you can because like multitasking is not our friend. Because then we're just mm-hmm. wasting so much more time transitioning. But yeah, like we need either some of us need less, like a really unstimulating environment to get something like thoughtful done. Like if you're writing an email, like I cannot have background noise if I'm writing emails. But if I'm folding laundry or I'm cleaning my house, like I have to have an audio book on. I, I love that. Um, one of the tips I picked up online was sneakers. Yeah. You got to do stuff around the house. Mm-hmm. Put shoes on your feet. Yeah. And Shoes don't, on your feet make an ADHD mind feel like it needs to be up and moving. Yes. And don't ever sit down. If you sit down, it is you like the Gary's death face? Task. Yeah. Gary, I'm serious. Put your tennis shoes on in the house mm-hmm. and have something that you need to get done in the house, like clean up. You will sit down like you normally would with ADHD. Oh, look, the computer blinked at me. Let me run over there and play with it for a half an hour, right? But what will happen is, is your feet will feel like they need to be doing something while you're sitting there. And you're like, oh, shit, I'm supposed to be doing this. I feel like it's like a, a mindfulness rubber band. Mm-hmm. You know how they'll, they'll do that thing where you like snap it to change like what you're thinking about? I feel like it's kind of like that. It's like restricting your feet. Mm-hmm. So it reminds you that you're supposed to be on them. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So I need to that, buy house yes. shoes is what you're talking 
No, not house shoes. But also, what are you, seven? Yeah, well, shoes. Who shoes, says house shoes? Shoes that I wear only in the house. <laughs> obviously, you can't wear them outside. I understand that, but I've never heard house shoes except for like from my Nana. No, no, it's like a black thing. Okay, I can, I can deal I with that. I think so. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, you've been creating content for a while. Mm-hmm. And you've indicated that having someone in your corner that has that base level dopamine operation in place, i.e. your fiance, mm-hmm. um, there still has to be creation, right? Mm-hmm. There still has to be a continuous amount of creation. Content creation is one of the most arduous tasks there can possibly be. Would you say that the best way to overcome that scenario is to find something that is true to your passion, heart, and authenticity in order to maintain that flame or that spark to continue creating? I think so. But also, like, if even if it's not the topic, it could be the purpose. Like, some mm. days I'm more motivated by the idea of, like, this... If I do this more consistently, I will get more followers. If I get more followers, I will get more views. If I get more views, I will get more money. So some days, mm. I'm yes, yeah, that's my motivation. But also too, like I am trying to put out quality content. But I find that... Oh, thank you. Good. Your content is amazing. You're very well curated. I'm like... I, the fact that you have ADHD is kind of astounding. When I looked at your all of your content, everything's so organized. Everything is so like you, you put together when you're on the camera. One, two, three, go. You give a great video. You cut it. Me, I'm like Helen Keller running through this son of a bitch. I'm knocking stuff over. I don't even know what time it is. I'm like, you need me to do a video? I'm like, is there a script? I, no. And then I'll think about it tomorrow. So I don't understand how you can do that even <laughs> remotely close to the level you do it. Well, if you knew thing? my mom, <laughs> like if I knew your mom, if you knew my mom, you would know why she is the like she is the reason I am at where I'm at today because she is so organized. She's like our house growing up was just like a magazine, like beautiful, and like I was hot mess express. But like she would constantly like every month like we'd work on like some little project to like cleaning out my closet or something. So like I learned those skills bit by bit through her mm. to stay organized. But then also when I'm doing content creation, because I do talk to a couple of clients who are content creators and they're like, Kelly, I can't get myself to like batch content and I can't do it consistently. And I'm like, why are you trying to do that? That's not advice that's for you. You know, like, mm. you know, for me, I'm, I, I set up everything that I need. Um, so every single day, almost every single day, I'll like get ready, I'll look nice. And then I'll have like, I keep track of the content ideas that I have just on a little sticky on my desktop. And so if the mood strikes, I make content. Otherwise, if it doesn't, Mm. I don't. And it strikes enough that I'm ready when I'm ready that I make it. That's, that takes a lot of self-confidence too, um, to feel that comfortable without the anxiety in advance or, you know, the, what's the word I'm looking here for? You become almost just, for me, I become overwhelmed with the thought of being watched. Mm-hmm. Like, I have, I have a lot of self-loathing, bullying, stuff like that growing up. So on camera is something that I worked up to with podcasting. Um, 
it was very hard to even express myself authentically. Um, I had so many bizarre filters that I wasn't aware of until I started becoming myself and then looking backwards at who I was. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's, what did that come from? You know what I mean? Like all those bizarre filters. Yeah. I kind of lost track where I was going for a second there. (laughs) But at any rate, what I'm trying to, you know, get across here is that as a whole, the ADHD mind and how everybody looks at us is overwhelming at times. But someone like yourself with the content creation and proving that it can be done is something that we didn't have before. And that might just be the amount of technology that is around and the cameras and the ability to communicate now. But I feel like you're giving a lot of us a voice. I appreciate that. I try to try to not mess it up. (laughs) I went to um, the ADHD conference um, that was held in Baltimore just a few weeks ago. And the like Thursday night keynote was a woman talking about the um, like the good parts and then the downfalls of people talking about ADHD on social media. And I left that and it was like my first time ever conference, first time ever like being in a room of people who are like working toward the same goal. And I left that session so fearful of like, oh my God, like now I'm afraid to speak and share because I know that there could be Mm. so many ways to do this wrong and in a harmful way. Um, But after talking with a few other people like ADHD coach Ryan, he's on TikTok and Instagram. And I talked to him about it and he was like, that was BS. You're like, you're doing good work. It's super helpful. Like people need to we be know heard. Who he is. Yeah. Okay. He's such good. a great content creator. He's got like 5 million followers or something like that. I, I don't even know, but he's, yeah, doing great. Amazingly. I feel like it's going to, people are going to have a problem with it based on the lenses that they're wearing at the time that they're taking in it. Yeah. Right. So it doesn't matter. It's all about intent. Mm-hmm. It's all about authenticity. It's all about creating from the heart. When you create from the heart, it takes a lot less uh, abuse mm-hmm. from, you know, the public. Yeah. Because it can be recognized. It's heard. It's felt. Mm-hmm. We see it as humans. You put out fake shit, you get a fake response. Yeah. That's... People are going to push back against you. They're going to go, oh, you're just saying this for this. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you're saying it because it's important to you, guess what? It's important to other people too, because we're not, you know, while we're all a fingerprint, we're still on the same king hand. Yeah. Like we are all experiencing this together. Yeah. People, especially neurodivergent people, pick up on BS like in a second. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's not even, you know, I don't if like there's some topics that like, you know, I couldn't I could not recall them right now, but there's some topics that I've been like, I can't talk authentically about this. People are gonna call me out in a second. Mm. You know, because so you can't you can't BS on this type of topic. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Mm-hmm. We talk about it a lot. The poser. Yeah, the there's the it became a profitable thing to be a coach, uh, you know, lately. So I'm very critical on this because I think exactly like the intention's everything. Within two seconds of watching your videos, you know, you could, well, that two seconds turned into two hours, but like, which is good because I'm like, this is how I could explain all the shit in my life to other people. Just watch this, mm-hmm. um, which is really cool. But I could tell that you weren't just trying to, you know, like, you know, we've had people on the show before that you could tell like they just didn't know what to do with their life and they saw this way to make money. So they're like, now I'm a coach or now I'm a, 
you know, mm-hmm. and usually yeah. we don't get those people because Jay's really good at weeding them out way before they get, you know, anywhere near the show. Um, but, you know, it's the intentions, everything, I think. And if you go into it with good intentions, even if you quote unquote, do something wrong, it's not going to be harmful. I think the harmful is when it's for profit and you're trying to manipulate people. Mm. Um, I think that's the issue. Like, it's part of the reason that I was like so hesitant to become a coach. Because my, when I've been going through like wanting to transition careers probably for like four or five years now. And I talked to my friends, I talked to my family members. And like the one thing that we kept on coming back to about like, what are my strengths were like, you're really good at talking to people. You make them feel heard. You give them like good solutions when they want it. You shut up when they don't. And, and so my fiance and a bunch of my friends were like, you should think about coaching. And then I talked to my therapist about it. And I was like, is it? coaching just bullshit therapy <laughs> is it an unlicensed therapy well, right. I was like, it kind of seems unethical <laughs> i didn't even I, think about it that way it kind of sounds like that i always <laughs> thought that and like because yeah. i knew of coaches and i was like what the fuck is like a 22 year old being a coach for it? like yeah. you don't know anything i mean i'm 33 so like i'm still really young and i'm still plenty stupid but like the, my therapist explained it to me as like, you know, therapies kind of in the past or like, you know, focus between present and past, but coaching is a little bit more about present and future. Uh, and it's about like skills and tools and systems you put in your life. Because when I was, I did therapy for 10 years before I got diagnosed. And like the one thing that I need my therapist to help with was like, help me manage a schedule, help me to like not be on time or not be late. And then I realized like, that's why I didn't get that help because that's not what therapists do. in therapy with no ADHD diagnosis. I'm not, I'm not bagging on your therapist, by the way. Um, because yeah. I feel like we have lenses. Mm-hmm. And you can be wise, right? Or an mm-hmm. expert simply by experience. Everybody gets a lens with an experience and it gives them a different prescription. Mm-hmm. Right? So you can be 22-year-old fucking genius when it comes to, you know, an abusive situation and not yeah. know shit about, you know, how to shop for groceries, right? And then the person that's a whiz at shopping for groceries doesn't know how to duck from a right cross, <laughs> right? And they don't know how to even look for one. I hear people all the time beating themselves up for something they did. And my answer to that is, you don't know what it was or that someone was capable of putting you in that position because you've never experienced it. You earned your lens. Now you can go back and tell people, don't step in that shit right there. But you didn't have your shit spying glasses on the way through there. Mm -hmm. And neither does anybody else unless they went through it earlier. 
You like that, Gary? Shit spying yeah, glasses. Yeah, I'm writing it down. That's a new t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to order a pair yes. of those. <laughs> I need I need a pair of those, man. Nobody wants to step in shit. <laughs> but it's true. You don't know until you know. Mm-hmm. And allowing people to learn openly about things rather than judging them for lack of understanding in advance, nobody's going to come forward. Who the hell wants to talk about their issues if every time they bring it up, everybody's got a problem with it? Mm-hmm. Right? Safety in numbers. You're one of the numbers. You're out there saying it. And you're being what I call a lighthouse. Mm-hmm. Lighthouse just does their job. Does their job every day, always shows up and provides help. Just through doing what it's made to do. Doesn't have to grow arms and wave at people. Doesn't need to get up and run to another area of the island. It just has to stay there and be itself. Everybody else will take their cues from that. You throw out keys. Throughout life, we're given keys. You throw them out. Your job is not to unlock the lock that you see they have a problem with. Your job is to throw the keys out there and let them find them. And whatever lock it opens, it opens. But that's their business. Just make your fucking keys. And they'll find it when they find it. They won't find it at all. It'll be the first lock on their way to enlightenment or they'll be the last one, right? Not again, anything for us to figure out. But content creators like you really make an impact because we're living in our minds more than we're living outside of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And when you live inside your mind, we're our own worst critic. We're a horrible roommate for ourselves. We talk horrible to ourselves every single day. I tell people, if you had a roommate and you talk to your roommate the way you talk to yourself internally throughout the day, you'd be a horrible human. The way that we judge ourselves. So being out there, being vulnerable, allows people to get part of your lens. You can't give them your experience, but you can at least explain to them what it looks like so that they can get a better understanding. The people that don't have it and the people that do, you give them a voice. And I appreciate that more than you could ever know. Thank you. That was such a good pep talk. I appreciate that. Thanks. It's what I do. (laughs) Be yourself. You know, I was told as a kid, don't, don't do this. Don't. Mm -hmm. Make a lot of noise. Don't run around. Don't talk to people. You're annoying. This, that, the other. You breathe too loud. You laugh too loud. Things that will stifle authenticity, right? But the moment that we embrace that, it's the moment that people look at you through the eyes that you've always wanted. If you give them filters to look through, they're not going to recognize you. It's like women wearing makeup. Fuck makeup. If it's making you happy because you're creative, sure. But if you're putting it on to make me look at you different, then I don't know you. Right? That's just a mask. So thank you for not wearing one. Thank you for being in front of everyone every single day. I want to give you some time to talk about what, um, you know, where people can find you, what content they can get, and, uh, you know, maybe where they can get you as a coach. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for the nice words. Um, okay, so you can find me. All of my handles are all Kelly Bombs, K-E-L-L-Y-B-A-U-M-S. I'm on TikTok mostly. I'm growing on Instagram. I'm also on Facebook. Except on Facebook, I just last week had my I know, I just had my account hacked. I got it back. <laughs> but before the hacker, it was I I was a 
freaking mess. Don't even, it's awful. But um, before I got my account back, they changed my name to Seven Stories. So for the next 60 days, my name will be Seven Stories, the number seven <laughs> stories. <laughs> That's where you can find me. And it'll drive you crazy every day till it's changed back. It's great. <laughs> I, oh, you have to be comfortable with yourself. It's fine. Yeah, it's great. I love it. I Whatever. <laughs> So I'm seven stories there. YouTube, I've got a few videos on. I don't know. Maybe I'm going to try to get into that. If you want coaching, um, I do one-on-one sessions. And then um, I also do group sessions if you're looking for something super affordable. Um, those mm, are- That's really cool. Mm-hmm, you yeah. don't hear about a lot of that. A group ADHD session also sounds like somewhere where you would like an improv class. Yeah. But because everybody can't sit still. But at the same time, <laughs> you really could hear the experience from so many different people. I love that. Honestly, I talk to this, like I talk to my clients, like, you know, whatever, however many a week. And they all have the same, you know, like 10 to 20 challenges that they're coming with. And so in group, it's like, it's nice because they can hear that like, they're not the only one and they can feel normal and they can hear the ideas for the solutions that they didn't know that they needed, which is really cool. And I think that coaching can be like, somewhat inaccessible price-wise for a lot of people. And so group coaching Mm -hmm. is like a really nice way to offer that to everyone at a price that everyone can afford. So, and that's all available on my website. My website is kellybombs.com. But you can also get to that through any of my socials, the link in the bio. And there's more info about me. There's like FAQ and other random stuff I post on there. Mm -mm, I've got something for you already. Oh yeah, give it to me. You you are missing... The mark if you don't start creating Kelly bombs. Dropping knowledge in oh. small amounts, giving people Kelly bombs. I was, I was thinking the exact same thing. It's written all over the place. Yeah. Kelly bombs, man. I want some Kelly bombs about my ADHD. I know. Did you see that fly right over my head at first? I was like, what the fucking. <laughs> You're like, what? what? No, my whole name is not. <laughs> Boom, a Kelly bomb. I like it. I might think about that. I might think about that. Yeah, that's cute. Gary, you got uh, you got anything you want to talk about before we wrap up? Um, no. Kelly bombs is a great idea. Same with the shit spotting glasses um, and, and the house shoes. <laughs> I'm still thinking about what shoes to get. <laughs> so, so the last 20 minutes, I have everything. <laughs> yeah. No, I think... Uh, that's because I was talking. He checks out. He's heard it all. Yeah, the lighthouse check. The, yeah, the globe. But uh, I think uh, educating and entertaining and putting it together is very difficult to do, and you do a good job of that. And I think that, mm. um, you know, nobody wants to be educated on TikTok in their mind. They think they don't. They just mm. want to be entertained. But if you could trick people into being educated while they're being entertained, I think that's the key. So I think people could watch your videos and be entertained by them. And also be learning about what's going on with them or the people around them. So I think more of that, the better. And the fact that you were worried about becoming a coach is probably a good indicator of why you're a good coach. That you should be. Because if you're just like, oh, this is a way to make money. Like, I'm just going to figure out how to do this the most profitable way and not thinking about like a negative effect on people or anything like that. That's probably a bad thing. But the fact that you're a little like, you know, worried about that kind of stuff for you know, at the beginning, I think that's that's a good indicator. So, you know, I think uh, everybody should check out your content and then they should 
you know, if they do have ADHD, it's a piss. Like, I don't like staying at people's houses. Um, so Sebastian Maniscalco was from Chicago. has like a whole comedy bit about not liking to stay at people's houses. So when people invite me, like Jay does every time I come to Florida to stay at his house, I just send them this comedy bit, which is like a, I guess, like just a way of re, like, hey. Yeah, the, the, the mindset behind it. Right. So I think this is something like people are, you know, don't know how to explain the ADHD. Somebody, they could just send them your yeah. TikTok and be like, spend an hour with this and you'll understand me. I think that it'll be good. <laughs> so, yeah. That's a great point. Also, you brought up, you know, educating people while they're learning. Um, I think that it's pretty normal in the ADHD world that we don't like to be told something that we should be doing. <laughs> yeah. Right? We do not like, even if it's like, take out the trash. No, I'll kick the trash can across the room now. Like, I would do it. I wanted to do it. It's in that stack of shit in my head. But don't tell me it's time. Because then I'm upset. But someone like yourself, when you're putting out entertaining learning for ADHD people, you're not telling them that they're already effed up. You're letting them sit beside you and go, oh, shit. That's me too. <laughs> that is such, I, I do that. <laughs> that is the thing I try to go for. I'm like, this should be relatable. Like, we're all on the same side here. <laughs> That's how I feel when I'm scrolling through your shit. I'm like, yeah. oh, I didn't even know this one was ADHD. Yeah, I do this, that one. This chick's as weird as me. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. Lo- we love our weirdos, man. It's like, oh, I do all these things at the airport too. Yeah. They have yoga rooms at yeah. an airport. I got to go check that out. And oh my God, amazing. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, fuck. Straight to the gate. <laughs> Straight to the gate to make sure it still exists uh-huh. and then off to uh, do something. Yeah, then walk back mm-hmm. a whole 45 minutes to go get that Jamba juice that you should have just got on the way over there, but you had to see the gate oh, first. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because you'll forget to go to the gate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I've done that. I've been there two hours early. And oh, yeah, my you have. Just like, oh, you know, just gadgets. He calls me from airports and he's like, I don't think I'm getting on this one all the time. Like, no matter where he's at, it's like, it's just like, where in where in the world is Carmen San Diego? It's Gary. <laughs> where in the world is Gary? Yeah, like oh, they have a candy bar at this flight. Delta Lounge, and it's a little off for some reason. So I'm gonna stare at it for an hour, and then, and then like, yeah, whoops, now boarding. <laughs> so again, thank you so much for coming on the show and doing what you do. Uh, everybody, make sure that you. Like, subscribe, follow all of Kelly's stuff, as well as ours. Make sure that you uh, hit up our sponsors link, go to into the AM link. We get uh, affiliate work for that for all of the shirts and different clothes that they have out now. They've got flannels, Gary. I don't know if you saw that recently. They got flannels, they got hoodies. Um, and then, of course, the only reason why I fell in love with the brand was all of their graphic tees. I didn't wear graphic tees growing up, couldn't afford them, went into suits like an idiot, you know, for so many years. Now I get a chance to put on some of the dopest art that there is out there. Um, so if you guys get a chance, go hit the link, you know, sponsor link and hit, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, into the AM, get over there and check them out. Um, also we're running a lot of, uh, requests for donations. Um, and I'm not the person to do this. I hate peddling, but we're a podcast and we need to get paid in order to put out the content and be able to, uh, you know, keep supporting everyone. So if you could head on over to the donate tab on our website as well and, hit either i think we have paypal or buy me a coffee or whatever the hell it is now 
I'm not sure. Just uh, give us some of your money so we can do cool stuff with it, please. <laughs> Is that a good plug? Does that work? Solid plug. No. I like it. All right. Well, remember, everybody, be cool and keep learning. Just one second. So about these houses. 